ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستهديه ونؤمن به ونتوكل عليه ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان سيدنا محمدا عبده ورسوله ونبيه وصفيه وحبيبه بلغ الرساله وادى الامانه ونصح للامه وجاهد في سبيل الله حتى اتاه اليقين وتركنا على المحجه البيضاء ليلها كنهارها لا يزيغ عنها الا هالك فاللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الاولين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الاخرين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في الملا الاعلى الى يوم الدين وصل وسلم على سيدنا محمد في كل وقت وحين وعلى اله الاطهار وعلى اصحابه الاخيار وعلى اتباعه الابرار الى يوم الدين يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم وما يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما وبعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وان خير الهدي هدي سيدنا ومولانا رسول الله وان شر الامور لمحدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار first it's going to be crowded today so i want all of the gents to scoot forward as much as possible and all of the women to make sure that this part of the hall is filled up first so the people coming in and for all of the people that are coming in late you're going to have to pray downstairs and unfortunately if you come very late you'll have to pray outside so we'll be brief today inshallah So we want to make enough enough space space for everyone. So since this is the last Friday of the year, I thought it would be appropriate to talk about how we might think about approaching these type of events because at the end of the year usually people either reflect on the previous year you know what they did what was good what was not good you know they have some kind of audit of of their previous year and typically people you know resolve that they're going to do something in the new year so we have this sort of american tradition or western tradition of new year's resolution and they don't they don't last more than 10 days but nonetheless we have these these high aspirations of this is what i'm going to do this coming year i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that and this is going to this is the year that i'm going to make it this is the year i'm going to do that things like that so i thought it might it might make sense to talk about what an audit looks like but sort of maybe from our perspective because at the end of the year if you're old enough and you pay taxes you're definitely going to look at i have to account for what happened last year so you know you're going to get your 
tax, TurboTax or something like that, or your accountant, and you're going to literally go back this last year and see what happened, what came in, what came out, what contributions you made, so on and so forth, to file your taxes. If you're young, you might think about you know, how this last semester was versus this coming semester, how I want uh, to change my grades, and you know, or if you're just starting out in life, you know, you're thinking about what you want to accomplish uh, work-wise, what you want to accomplish socially, and this is normal. This is normal human behavior. There's nothing positive or negative about it. Allah created us this way, that we, we reflect, or we are made to reflect. Sometimes we don't. So the interesting thing about auditing or measuring or accounting is that there are different ways that you can measure something. I remember one time I was in, uh, in Mauritania, in, in a desert, in a, in literally out in the desert, and there was time to pray. So everyone's like, okay, we're going to the mosque. And, and they, they pointed you know, to this patch of sand that that was the mosque. I mean, it was not any distinction. There was no distinction between that and the patch of sand I was standing on, but that was the mosque. That was a different way that they measured the mosque. And then we had to make a straight line. Now, I thought I knew what a straight line was. That was definitely not a straight line. In my understanding, it was zigzaggy and there were sand dunes and we were all... It looked very weird, but for them that was a straight line. But maybe in our Western way of thinking, you know, we have these like uh, strings on the floor to make sure that the line is straight and we're very, you know, we have a certain way of measuring it. That's one way of measuring, this is another way of measuring. So you can measure different things, the same thing different ways. If you are a little bit on the lazy side, like me, you say, oh, I went to the gym once this month, that's my measurement. But if you're like competitive, if you're an athlete or you're a competitive, you'd be like, not only did I go to the gym this many times, I spent this many minutes on this exercise and that exercise, and I'm going to measure the reps, I'm going to measure the weight, I'm going to measure my fat content, I'm going to measure my weight loss, I'm going to measure my muscle gain, and you get very sophisticated. And you measure the same activity, but you know, really, you dissect that activity. Now, who do you think in that scenario is going to really succeed at the gym? Me or the person that's measuring the weight gain and the weight loss and the fat content and the, 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 the micro details? It's that person that measures in great detail whatever it is they're measuring most likely will succeed in that issue that they're measuring. And we have this famous uh, rule in the business world, you know, that which gets measured gets managed. If you're running a business, if you measure something, if you account for something specific, you're going to end up managing that thing. The things that you don't account for, they sort of just go by, there. they're not important. So when you focus on something, and you measure it in extreme detail, you start to get insight and patterns, and you start to see how you can tweak this and tweak that, how you're eating, going back to the exercise or the gym example, they also measure what they eat, what kind of foods that they eat, when they eat it, how it impacts their workout. They wear some kind of trackable you know, device and it tracks their calories and their steps and so on and so forth so that they can get all of the insights that are humanly possible in that activity. That's, that's one way of measuring it. And there's sort of like, I went to the gym twice this month, measuring, an approximation. Now what's the point of this is that the more you measure something, the more you account for something, the more you are going to be in control of that thing that you're measuring. The more insight that you will have, the more patterns that you will gain, and then therefore you will have more power to change it for the better and improve 
In my business, we have different scales. We have a big scale that weighs heavy objects. If I put a letter, if I was trying to mail a letter at the post office, but it had a little bit of extra paper in it, if I put that letter on that scale, the scale won't even register it. But I have a very small scale for measuring the envelopes and the post office postage stuff. If you put the slightest thing on that, it will measure the slightest stamp, the slightest piece of paper in that envelope. They're both scales. They both measure things. But they measure things in different ways. Now the interesting thing about measuring and auditing as it relates to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is do you think Allah's scale and measuring capacity is sort of broad and loose or very precise? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is extremely precise. A leaf does not fall from a tree on the face of this earth except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about it. And not a dry or a moist creature stirs on the face of this earth except that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows about it and has written it in his lawh, in his, in his eternal tablet that he knows what's happening. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't just know everything that we're doing, He even knows what's on the inside. He knows things about us that we might not know about our own selves. He knows our emotions and he knows how we think and he knows how we're inclined because he is our creator, Jalla wa'ala. So the thing about measuring is when we come to measure our own activities, morally I'm speaking about, not like the exercising and stuff like that, I'm talking about morally, we want to be more on the side that we measure ourselves in some level of detail. Because if we measure ourselves with some level of detail, we are more likely to improve ourselves than if we don't. And that's the lesson that we can take at the end of the year. Is that we want to look back and see how did we do. In, in, in the aspects of our lives that are important. We all have maybe a, uh, the same type of moral goals, but then we have different life circumstances. And we want to resolve, inshallah, that this next year we want it to be better than this year, so that we can measure it, our progress, and we're going to talk about that inshallah at the end, measure it this coming year, so that this time next year we can take a proper accounting of how did we do, where do we need to approve, improve. And to this effect, Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhu, he gives us this really beautiful wisdom. He says, حَاسِبُ أَنفُسَكُمْ قَبْلَ أَن تُحَاسَبُ Weigh and account and measure yourself before you will be measured, meaning Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Account for yourself now, before you stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and He's going to account you. And inshallah we ask on Yawm Al-Qiyamah for no accounting. Don't we say, we ask Allah to enter us into paradise, بغير حساب. We don't want the accounting. But the wisdom is, in what Sayyidina Umar radiallahu is saying, is that if you believe in this perspective, the way a believer does, account for yourself now. Before you have to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and there's no, there's no whiteout then. Khalas, it's done. The dunya, your life is done. At that point, you're, you're going to be judged. But you can take care of this now. If you measure and account and weigh and calculate your pattern of behavior right now. Don't worry about other people. Worry about yourself. Don't judge other people. Judge yourself. Weigh your own actions. And this is what the Islamic literature calls al-muhasaba. 
Al-Muhasaba in Islamic, it's not accounting, but that's what you call accounting in Arabic. But Muhasaba in Islamic literature is that you account yourself. You weigh your own actions. You take a look at your own self. Why? Because you know that these actions will add up to something. So the perspective of the believer, you know the interesting thing is we spend the majority of our life doing things for this world. We have to go to school and we have to study and we have to work and we have to make money to live and pay our bills. And the majority of our life is really for this life. And that's the human condition. Some more than others at different ages and things like that. But these actions also have a repercussion in the hereafter. So the believer has like a dual perspective. They see that yes, there are actions that I'm going to do now. There are actions that I have to do every day. I have to study and I have to work hard and I have to apply myself and I have to have a job and an income and I have to you know, do these type of things. But all of those things have weight also in the hereafter. So we want to also measure and account for ourselves in those day-to-day actions so that they add up to something in the hereafter. And because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's scale is ultra-sensitive, we should not diminish the value of any good that we do. Because every good that we do, no matter how small it is, no matter how insignificant we might think it is in this life, is enormous with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the scale, while it's sensitive, it's biased in our favor. There's a beautiful hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ, he says, on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, a man will come and he will be judged. And there is not a sin except that this person committed it. And he is you know, being taken to account and judged and all of the sins are placed on the scale until it's a mountain of sin. Nothing on the good side of the scale. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the man, he's given up all hope. He said, that's it, my, I'm ruined. And then Allah ta'ala tells the angels, but there's one good deed that you did. And the man says, who cares? I mean, there's a mountain of bad deeds. Who cares about this good deed? And the hadith says that, that the angels will take a card, a card, like a note card, and they will place it on the side of the good deed and it will outweigh all of this evil, all of the sin. And the man is like, he can't believe it. Like, what, what happened? And written on the card is that this man said once in his life, from the depth of his heart, La ilaha illallah. That's all that person did. And that one act, because see, Allah's scale is not like our scale. It's not like the postage stamp scale. Or the others, it's very different. Because that was said with ikhlas, with purity, it outweighed all of the evil. Or the story of the woman that entered the paradise because she gave water to the dog, to the thirsty dog. In the hadith, this woman is, a, is, a, is a not an, a good person. A person of evil and a person of sin, so on and so forth. Same kind of idea, but she does this one act of kindness. Random kind, without anybody watching. Without you know, getting any worldly reward. And she does it, and then the scale tips and this act enters her into the paradise. So this, this concept of auditing ourselves is not meant to be negative. It's meant to motivate and for us to be positive. Because we know that we will end up facing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Sayyidina Umar is teaching us, do the accounting now before you will be taken to account. So the question is, how do we do this? Or, or before that, I want to say something else. Sorry, before that, I want to say one more thing. 
When you do this for yourself, you notice that you oscillate between two values when you start thinking about yourself. One is the minute you start thinking about everything you've done, you're going to be like, oh man, astaghfirullah, I did this. You're going to start to feel bad. And that feeling bad is normal, but you make tawbah. So self-auditing yourself, is its twin is to make repentance. And the repentance, as we know, something, you know, it's, it's, there's no mechanics really. And just say, you just from your heart, I, 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 I repent to Allah, forgive me for this action. I didn't mean to do this action. Make me, you know, not fall in it. The fact that you feel bad, that's the sign of the true repentance. So that's one value. You oscillate between that. And the other value is you oscillate between is gratitude. When you start to take your life into account, you start to see all of the, the, the benefit and all of the goodness that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed before you. Because you start to look for those things in your life that you're grateful for. Your health, your family, your community, you know, the fact that you can walk without, you know, stumble. All of these little things, you start to drill down. And Allah Ta'ala, He says about this, وَإِن تَعُدُّ نَعْمَةَ اللَّهِ لَا تُحْسُوهَا If you try to account for all of the blessings that you have, you will never be able to enumerate them. Meaning that if you took this concept seriously, for the rest of your life, you would be grateful for everything that you have. You would constantly be grateful because Allah promises and challenges you will not be able to complete the accounting of all the blessings that you have. Just look at people that are, in, that are suffering, I mean really suffering. People that are treated unjustly, people that have lost their homes, that have lost their family, parents that have lost their children, people that are addicts. Even in, this own, in our own uh, district, forget about outside of the world, think about right here in the Washington DC area. All of the people that are homeless, that are suffering, that are hungry, that don't have money to buy the medicine that they need, the food to feed their families. Think of all of these things and think of your own life. And you, you, you would come to the conclusion that you are drowning in luxury, that you are drowning in goodness, that you are drowning in khair. So you have nothing else to say, so alhamdulillah. Don't look up, look down. Imam Ali, alayhi salam, he says, when you compare yourself in the dunya, don't look at people above you, because then the, it will never end. If you have a nice car, somebody else has two nice cars, and then the person above them has three nice it just it will never end. But when you look below you, that those who are less fortunate, Alhamdulillah, I'm satisfied with what I have. And the secret of gratitude in our paradigm is that it is the key to more. If you are grateful, Allah promises, I will give you more. Either I will give you more because what you have is so overwhelming to you that you're so grateful that it's more than enough for you. So you see that even though the glass is half full, for you the glass is overflowing. Because you're constantly looking at the benefit. Or it means that because you are grateful and you are generous in what Allah has given you, Allah will cause this to be more rizq, more bounty to, and sustenance to come from to, to you. So when you do this self-accounting, you're going to be between these two modes. Between tawbah, I'm sorry and, I, and contrite and I feel bad, and gratitude. So what do we do with this? Just to wrap this up. What, what's an action plan? You know, because this is the, uh, the end of the year. The first thing is that we should collectively or by ourselves, we should approach the end of this year and sincerely make like a big tawbah, like an annual tawbah. And ask Allah's forgiveness for everything this last year. 
The things that we know about and the things that we don't know about. All of the things that Allah gave us and we used not the way they're supposed to use. We ask Allah's forgiveness. All of the things that we were given and we were not thankful for, we ask for Allah's forgiveness. All the things that we could have done and the opportunities that He placed before us and we didn't act on them, we ask for Allah's forgiveness. So we want to wipe our slate clean. And the thing about the tawbah is when you make the tawbah, don't look back. And this is why Rabi al-Adawiyya, the famous uh, saint of Islam, she said that our tawbah needs tawbah. Our act of forgiveness itself needs an act of forgiveness. Because when you ask for forgiveness all the time, you are remembering the sin. I mean, this is a little bit high stuff, I understand. But this was Rabi al-Adawiyya, this is how she was, radiallahu anha. That she wanted to live in a state in which she was not thinking of the sin at all. That she was only thinking of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So maybe we can't be like that. And that's okay. But we have these uh, goalposts you know, in, our, in our tradition of these saintly people. So we know what we can, the human being can accomplish, man and woman. But at least what we can do is when we make tawbah from something, don't think about it again. Know with certainty that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has forgiven you. And move forward. Don't constantly live in this, this idea that I'm a wretched person, I'm a bad person, Allah will never forgive me. That's, that's not an Islamic mode of relationship between the human being and the Creator. That's other traditions. We don't have that. You make tawbah and you just move forward. I mean, don't get sloppy with it and just be like, well, it doesn't matter, I'm going to do something wrong, I can't make tawbah. No, I mean, that's not what we, we don't want to fall into that. But when you make tawbah, just move forward. So the first thing is we can ask Allah for forgiveness for this last year. The second thing is every day before you sleep, because all of us sleep, so this is very easy, the moments before you sleep as you're lying in bed, do this exercise and review what happened that day. This is what the, what the awliya did. When they took this statement of Sayyidina Umar, this is how they made it into a, a daily exercise. They just thought, what, what did I do today? And the good that they found, they said, Alhamdulillah. And the bad that they found, they said, Allah, please forgive me. And then they just fall asleep. So you're wiping your slate clean every day. And you're oscillating between tawbah and gratitude every day. When you do this enough days, something will happen. Hopefully something will happen. Which is that you will, either you'll come and complain to me and say it's not working. Or, inshallah, what will happen is you will start to notice some patterns you will start to notice that every single day you're complaining to yourself about this. Maybe it's a person in your life that's negative. Maybe it's a group of friends that bring you down. Maybe it's you can't control this, you can't control that. You always feel this. You'll start to notice some kind of pattern. So when you notice, you know, every day for a month you keep, complain, you keep doing the same problem. You keep complaining from the same thing. That's a sign that you need to change that. So the third thing is we have another tradition, which is we have this hadith in which the Prophet ﷺ said, if you stick to an act for 40 days, the light of wisdom shines from your heart onto your tongue. And there are many narrations of this hadith. Ya Nabi al-Hikmah, the Prophet ﷺ said, the, the signs of light emerge from within you. So we have this tradition that when we want to change a habit, we focus on this habit for 40 days. So say, you know, I, I'm always uh, 
you know, speaking ill to my parents. And every time I talk to them, I get frustrated and I really feel bad. I want to stop this. So that means you need to focus on that for 40 days. And you challenge yourself for 40 days until you can... And when you change that for 40 days, then you move on to the next thing. Don't look back. Because the Prophet said this is like a sign that it's become a habit. So the habit in the moral sense can be accomplished with 40 days of consistency. So that's the third thing. So after you do this muhasaba daily, you account yourself daily, you notice the patterns of the things that you want to change. And then the last thing, inshallah, with this uh, exercise, is to observe your movement from tawbah more towards gratitude. We don't want to constantly account ourselves and bring ourselves down. But rather, we want this exercise to lead more to a mode in which we are completely grateful. Grateful for Allah's bounty, grateful for Allah's mercy, grateful for our family, grateful for our children, grateful for everything that we have. So that we can embody the character of the Prophet ﷺ. Because look at what he had to go through to, to deliver this message to us. But he was constantly grateful, constantly smiling, constantly generous, constantly optimistic. But if you took a dunya accounting, he had no reason to be optimistic. He had no reason to be generous. He had no reason to smile. He would have been miserable. Everyone's trying to kill him. Everyone's trying to attack him. All of his children died except one in his lifetime. He had no guarantee that he was going to have food or wealth. He had no guarantee that if he walks outside, somebody won't assassinate him. His best friends and his companions were murdered and killed in front of him. He was publicly humiliated. Trash was thrown on him, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. I mean, if that was your life, you know, how would you, would you be smiley all the time? But when you read his description, sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he, he smiled all the time. That was his default. He was, that means he was happy. He was a happy human being. And when you read in the seerah, you see that he had no food in his house because every time somebody would come and ask for food, he would give them food. So he would go grocery shopping, in our language, come home with all of the groceries, and the next day it would all be gone because he had distributed it all to everyone. So when his enemies observed him, they said that this man is strange because he gives like somebody who is not scared that he will... Will, will have without. He gives as if he has an infinite surplus because his surplus was from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's where his connection was. So if you audited his life just from the events, chronology, you would not think that this was a happy-go-lucky, generous, smiley, optimistic person. But because the Prophet's heart was with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala constantly, he knew that everything that he had was from the bounties and the generosity of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And therefore he was extremely generous, extremely grateful for everything that he had. So the point of the audit daily is to get to that stage, not to be miserable. Maybe we start out a little bit depressed about how much work we have to do on ourselves. But then we also see all of the khir that has happened to us throughout the day. So as we end the year, let us ask Allah for, for forgiveness and let us try to, the resolution that we can make for ourselves 
is that every day we will do this exercise before we sleep. And even though we spent 15, 20 minutes talking about it, it's only going to take a matter of moments before you sleep just to think about these things. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل وسلم وبارك على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Before the dua, just a few announcements The halaqa tonight uh, will be at 7 o'clock That's with me and then Sunday at 6.30 in the morning with Tarif There is lunch for the, uh, in the uh, kitchen after Jummah For children it's, it's free So we want the children to, or the young people to eat um, first, and it doesn't count if you think you are young. This is a mathematical youth. Okay, so if you're mathematically young, let's say 20 and below, you can eat first. And then the parents are asked to contribute. And uh, another announcement is that we had some freezing pipes because of the freeze of the last few days. So I think the toilets and the water in the cafe are giving us some difficulty, but the, I believe the bathrooms downstairs work. So maybe I should have said that in the beginning, but I apologize. So please bear with us while we defrost uh, the water. So with that being said, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, with this last Friday of the year, of this year, we ask Allah ta'ala for His forgiveness, inshallah. May He rectify our actions for the coming year. May He forgive our sins of this previous year. We ask, inshallah, that... This next year be a year of light and a year of, of qurba, of closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give us the strength to account ourselves before we are accounted. Uh, in front of Him, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us for all of our shortcomings, all of the benefits that He's given us that we have not used appropriate. We ask Allah's forgiveness for that. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to calm our hearts, to give us sanity, to heal our wounds, to pay our debts. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's protection for our children, for our parents. We ask Allah's mercy for those who have uh, passed before us this year. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect our center and to protect all of those who are uh, sacrificing so much to establish it. Fallahumma hdina fi man hadayt, wa'afina fi man afayt, wa tawallana fi man tawallayt. Allahumma barik lana fi ma a'atayt, wa qina wasrif anna sharra ma qadayt. Allahumma anqinna min da'irati sakhatik ila da'irati ridaq. وافتح علينا فتوح العارفين بك اللهم احشرنا تحت لواء نبيك صلى الله عليه وسلم يوم القيامة واسقنا من يده الشريفة شرب ماء لا نظمأ بعدها أبدا اللهم دخلنا الجنة بغير حساب ولا سابقة عقاب ولا عتاب ومتعنا بالنظر إلى وجهك الكريم في جنات الخلد يا رحيم We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless all the children uh, that are visiting from, from uh, university and college. We, we hope that this is a good break for them and we ask for a good semester for them next year, inshallah. Uh, whether this be their last Friday with us or they're still around, we ask uh, for Allah's protection on them and their family. And may He always unite us in good times, not in bad times.